Hello, good evening. Welcome to episode 27 of the Wulong Talks podcast. Hi, my name is Jason. Um, glad to have you guys with us again. Uh, sorry if my voice sounds a bit messed up, but I've got a bit of a cold, unfortunately. So if you hear me coughing or scratching or blowing my nose or anything like that, I do apologize. Um, I'm trying my best uh, and I'm going to soldier on because I'm a professional. That's what I do. As always, I'm joined by Big A, the Mad Geek. Big Good evening. Up. Hello. Konnichiwa. And any other greeting in any other language that you desire. And we've got the return of the Rustling Kid, aka Rich Kid, aka Rich Reviews. Rich, say what's up, man? Wagwan. Wagwan. <laughs> <laughs> wicked, wicked. Nice to have the band back together. <laughs> it's always nice, man. Rich kid, how you been, man? What you been up to? Uh, well, basically, um, I haven't even been ill, but I, I don't know if like, the last time I was on a podcast, I didn't have a bro- I didn't have a busted foot, did I? Or, no, you didn't. Or did I? No. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So I, I tore my. I did one of the ninja assault course races. This is quite. This is a, a good few weeks ago now. Um, and then basically after I completed the course, um, me and a couple of friends were just messing about in one of the obstacles, and I literally just fell down wrong. I ended up rupturing my Achilles heel in uh, in my right foot. I've been in a plaster cast and crutches, and I've just had that taken off last week. I'm now I'm in like one of those boots of the wedges. So I've been just chilling, really, just trying to catch up on some TV here and there, a couple of comic books, and um, and just still trying to maintain training and stuff, and try not to go sane because everything right now in life is super slow. And uh, you know me, I don't like to be you know, left behind and shit. Mm-mm. Well, we know, man, you, you don't deal with restrictions. You don't, you don't do <laughs> boundaries. So, um, yeah, I could imagine that must be hard for you. So listeners, if you follow Richard on social media, give him some sympathy and show him some love, man, because he needs it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, it's been good. It's, it's good to get everybody back, as said. Um, and it's great that we've got back together at a time where, there's so much news coming out uh, for the kind of movies and the TV that we love and hopefully you listeners love too. Um, so we're going to go over some of that today on today's show. In particular, we're going to talk about uh, a big event that just passed called uh, the D23 Expo. For those of you that don't know, this is uh, Disney, Disney Studios. This is their big event um, that they host annually in Anaheim, in California. Um, and it's a, an event basically just to design for them to showcase their wares. Um, their wares in this case being, you know, all of the, the kind of big properties that they own, um, any developments in sort of movie, TV, animation, um, toys, games, all kinds of things like that. Any, any kind of big developments um, that involves the Disney brand um, are usually showcased at, at D23. Uh, on today's show, we're going to focus um, a little bit more on the movie side and the I'll mention a couple of um, animations and, and upcoming sort of animated movies and stuff uh, a little bit later on. But we'll focus primarily on the movie side um, because, as I said, there's been some big stuff that, that's come out of, of that expo. Um, so let's go right into it. Well, actually, before we do that, um, we should probably also mention as well um, there was some big news on the home front over here in the UK as well recently in that uh, Doctor Who uh, came to an end. And with the end of the series, there was a, an announcement regarding the new Doctor. Um, so we have a, a new Doctor. Um, Alvin, could you tell us a little bit about uh, who the new Doctor is? And, yes. Um, so, 
So yeah, the new Doctor is going to be played by Jodie Whittaker, who is a woman. And no. uh, yeah, this is the first time. <laughs> this is the first time that that woman has played has played the Doctor. Uh, so it's been a big fuss, which is really weird considering that actually not too many people online were kind of going on about it in a in a kind of nasty way. They're just like, yeah, I don't I don't really feel it. Both male and females were saying that they don't feel it, but then everyone else was jumping on the people who saying they weren't feeling it and saying obviously sexism, blah blah. So obviously when reports on it it turns into this whole thing about sexism but i i think deep down inside people have their opinions you know some people feel like the doctor should always be a male some are like well it's a science fiction show that has loose rules anyway so you know they can do what they want and they've also established it as being canon anyway like literally they've been driving it home in the last few series uh about time will switching genders and that switching sexes uh me i'm not i'm not really that bothered uh i, I just knew it was going to be a woman so when um when they revealed it after the Wimbledon final, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't super surprised. I was like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of saw this coming. I just hope that they just tell good stories. Peter, Peter Capaldi, he didn't get particularly the best stories. Um, so yeah, I just hope they just focus on telling good stories and like, don't fucking rinse the whole fucking woman thing and try to make a big deal out of that and try to fucking be political here and there. Just focus on telling good, silly over-the-top Doctor Who stories. That, that's all you need to do. Don't do any other shit. So, yeah, I'm not... In, in the whole grand scheme of things, I'm not really that bothered. I don't feel strongly about it either way. Cool. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I did... Um, I mean, I'm not the <clears throat> Doctor Who fan, as, as people who know me know. Um, but I did kind of notice, obviously, the, the kind of immediate attention it was getting, as, as is normally the case anyway, whenever there's a new Doctor in the UK. There's always a lot of media attention surrounding that. Um, but certainly talking to people who, who are fans of the show, they all kind of felt that the show, you know, whilst they still enjoyed it, it needed to be shaken up a little bit and, you know, things needed to be taken in a slightly different direction. Um, and my understanding is that the head writer has, has changed as well, Alv, is that correct? Yeah, the show has changed. It's, uh, it was Stephen Moffat. Now it's uh, Pibnall, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, he's, he's, he's written episodes of Torchwood. Um, I think he's written a few episodes in season one of Torchwood. And I think one or two of Doctor Who, if I remember correctly. Um, but but yeah, he's. Um, I think he also wrote like episodes of Broadchurch and that. So that's how he knows Jodie Whitt Whittaker. Um, so, but yeah, hopefully he's just, he has some good stories in the bag. Just like really good stories. Because views have been declining for Doctor Who. Like five years ago, 10 million. Or five seasons ago, rather, you're getting like 10 million for like the openers, and then it'll mm. decline to around seven, seven million for like the closing episode. Whereas now they're opening at around seven, seven and a bit million. You know what I mean? And then they're getting lower to about five for for when they close, which is actually quite a big deal because it used to be kind of on par with like EastEnders ratings wise, and EastEnders is like the biggest soap in the UK. Whereas it has dwindled. I don't, I don't know if they can get viewers back. Are they going to do that? I have no idea. Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see, really. Um, Rich, did you want to? Sorry, did you want to add anything to that? Uh, yeah, no. Um, I mean, I, I'm not really a big Doctor Who fan now. I mean, uh, I know when more in it, I was, I was, I was kind of into it then, and then I watched a bit of like the big head Doctor Matt, Matt Smith. Um, but I haven't really been a Doctor Who fan. No, his head was big, bro. His head was <laughs> the hardest. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it out there, man. But um, you see, listeners, 
this kind of goes but, uh, with why you with why you've missed rich reviews on this show. <laughs> 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 Sorry, on, um, but but yeah, I mean, I haven't really been a fan of Doctor Who probably since the eighties. I think I I basically grew up with like uh, Tom Baker, Peter Davidson, and Sylvester McCoy. Um, so, but uh, I mean, it's good. I actually, I'm actually quite I'm actually quite happy to see that uh, a female Doctor has been put into place. I mean, if you take into account that it's the longest. It's the longest-running sci-fi show in in in, in television history. It's, it's about fucking time, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I'm looking at it from like a, a bigger perspective, where, like you said, Capaldi had his fans, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as well taken in as like the others, from from what I can gather. Now with Jodie Whittaker, obviously, saying you know she only get the the part because she was a female, and you know, and you know, is she going to do a good job? And some people might turn off, which I hope is not the case. Now that we have had a female doctor after all this time, is that going to be a thing of, well, listen, now that you've had your female doctor, shut the fuck up, and then we get a next person is going to go back to a guy. I'm just looking, I'm just looking to see if this is going to be the beginning of like a, a bigger opening for the doctor. So now we're going to get doctor, you know, are we going to be able to have a doctor with like, you know, who's a different, you know, sexual orientation, uh, you know, different, uh, maybe disabilities and stuff like that. So that's what I'm. That's the reason why I'm really happy for Jodie Whittaker because it seems like they've kind of quite a big step. Some people just say it's thing of like, oh no, it's just a female doctor, but this is this is something quite big. Like, um, if you take into account how long this show's been around and they've always had fans, they essentially could have done this quite some time ago. I'm, I'm like, I'm actually gonna maybe start watching it and then see if she uh, will spark my interest um in the show again. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we'll wait and see. Um, when when does it restart, Alvin? Uh, I think it restarts next year. I'm not sure as to whether it will come back in um, in April um, or as to whether they'll probably delay until the later part of 2018. Uh, I don't think there's been any words on that yet. But um, wait, what month are we in now? July. Hmm. It could possibly return in April, but I, I don't know for sure yet. Right. right cool. Oh, and so here's another thing. This is how you know that the geek have have inherited the earth, although this is this is slightly deviating. But thinking about it now, you've got people like Stephen Fry. Um, you know, you've got the Queen. But Doctor Who is what you call a fucking national heritage. It's the and it's, it's actually in a say like it's only when you said Jay like you know that is is always in the news when a new Doctor is going to come. But that's the only time where fucking UK probably put shit to the side. Is when they're gonna fucking cast the new James Bond, <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna cast the new Doctor Who, or let's say like one member of the royal family is gonna get married, is gonna have a kid, or just happens to be going out of a person who's a different race. <clears throat> but that's only something recent. But um, it just shows you how far we've come. Reminds me of like um, like how much people are paying attention now to things that they wouldn't have paid attention to fucking years ago. You know, imagine like you know when the Doctor Who's are being cast. It was it was a bit of a thing, and then people just brush it to the side because it was just you know it was just stupid sci-fi, and now you know you've got like it's plastered all over the place, and they put in adverts against fucking Wimbledon, which is you know and you know tennis is like the is another national heritage sport that we have, well so we say, um, but just just brainstorming there. I haven't been on the show for ages. I'm working from home, so I'm by myself eight hours of the day, so I'm I'm just fucking talking. <laughs> so, well, bear in mind we're on a time limit here, so I'm gonna have to shut you off at a certain point. <laughs> but yeah, but no, I take your point, man. I mean, it's a it's a fair point. It's, as you said, it's an institution, Doctor Who. You know, 
um, mm. it's one of the few sort of British institutions. So, um, yeah, you know, it's definitely whatever news surrounds that is you would expect would make a big splash with with audiences. So, uh, yeah, as, as Alvin said, we'll wait and see uh, next year what what they deliver. But yeah, let's jump straight into the D twenty three news because that's what everybody really wants us to start talking about. So um, yeah, as I was saying earlier, listeners, and uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, this was uh, Disney's big event that they had the past weekend in uh, California. Um, and as you could expect, there was a heavy presence for uh, you know a lot of the the big kind of tentpole projects um, and things that they have. Um, you know, so that includes uh, the brands that they own, like Marvel um the star wars brand uh pixar and you know lots of the other things that, that come under the disney umbrella as well um so we'll go through some of the the big news and i guess we're gonna have to start at what is arguably the biggest news of it which is um marvel's closing panel um i have to say like marvel like they know <laughs> they, they know how to 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 kind of stamp their authority on things they always seem to make sure that they're the last like people out or the last people to come on stage because they do it at san diego comic-con all the time as well they always make sure that they're the last ones in hall h um to make sure that everybody goes home talking about them and they do that too at, at d23 as well um they pretty much close out the show i mean um even though you know it, it's a three-day show uh, much in the way san diego comic-con is um you know that Saturday is is kind of like the big day um, for all of the the kind of movie news and things like that. And Marvel always makes sure they're positioned uh, to have a big splash at, at the end of the show. Uh, and it seems like they didn't disappoint those in attendance. So um, in case you haven't heard, listeners, I mean you, you must be under a rock or something like that. But um, at the show, people who were uh, in attendance were able to see some footage from Avengers: Infinity War. Um, and not only that, they got to meet uh, some of the cast who are going to be in the movie. So you had Avengers, you had Guardians of the Galaxy, um, you had all the actors uh, attached to that, or as many as, as were available, um, appear at the show. And, and they were doing uh, kind of meet and greets and lots of interviews and things like that. And they also showed footage as well. So um, we're going to get to the footage in a minute. But um, first of all, I think it's good that we have a look at, at kind of what Avengers Infinity War is, really. Um, for those that, that don't know, it's it's kind of the big movie that will be coming out next year that's going to be like a culmination of everything you've seen over the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the last 10 years. Um, so this is kind of the big, you know, the end game, really, um, as Tony Stark says in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, you know, this is the end game, really. This is what's coming. And, and a key component of that is uh, the villain of the piece, uh, a character called Thanos. Um, now, some of you might be asking, who the hell is Thanos? Um, so that's a reasonable question to ask because we haven't really seen him other than at the end of the original Avengers and then he popped up in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 1, but otherwise we haven't really seen him at all. Uh, so what we're going to do here is I'm going to get uh, Rich Kid to give you a little breakdown of, of who Thanos is. Um, and why he's such an antagonist to the Avengers. So, Rich Kid, you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Good, good. All right. Um, well said, man. If you could just kind of give the listeners an idea of, uh, A, who Thanos is, um, and B, why Thanos would be such an, an antagonist to uh, the Avengers in, in the MCU, um, then that would okay. be a good start. Okay. Well, okay. well, basically, Thanos 
uh, has been around since I'd probably say like the late sixties, early seventies, <clears throat> and he's essentially cemented that that role of like the big bad for the Marvel universe in in general. So when I when I say that, I'm talking more about the comic books. Wise, um, obviously, you know the Marvel universe only has like a, a certain amount of um, franchises that it can use, but in the comic books, Thanos is for the whole of the universe. Um, and basically, he's from a race called the Eternals, and the Eternals are actually related in in a way to the Inhumans, which is a TV show that's going to be coming out in September, and something that I've been trying to push. Shield TV show, and so basically, he's he's essentially just a called Thanos the Mad Titan, and he's in love with the embodiment of death. So, for example, uh, in us, us, you know each thing will have uh, something that will actually personify it. So the actual universe that we live in is something called eternity and it's an actual person. And we just happen to reside inside that, that thing. Um, there's different types of, uh, you know, um, higher level beings that represent things such as order and chaos. And basically they're just super powered beings. And, and Thanos happens to be one of them. The thing is, is that Thanos is actually a mutant on his planet. And that's, that's the reason why he looks that way. The rest of his family are normal. His brother is called Star Fox, um, and his father's called Mentor. And his grandfather... Oh, sorry, his brother's called Star Fox, did you say? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just yes, 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 Star Fox. I immediately had visions of, do a barrel roll! In my head. <laughs> 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 see, see, you have visions of that. I have visions of the Super Nintendo one where it just goes, minute, 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 minute. And you're like, what? He's not even speaking English. His grandfather is actually the person who created Drax in the comic book. So I'm not sure if they're actually going to follow through on that in the, in the Marvel, in the, in the, well, basically in the MCU. But it is something that, something that they do touch upon. There's a little Easter egg that if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, where Peter Quill mentions to, um, to Drax that he should go and visit Earth, um, then basically kind of it ties things around if you go and do your research. Um, uh, Thanos is literally in love with the embodiment of death. And he will do anything uh, to, you know, to gain her love. For some reason, she, she never wants to reciprocate that love back to him. Uh, and so his thing is that he just wants to earn it. And in one way is to destroy the universe um, and ju just to gain her attention. Um, pretty much how Thanos, um, what Thanos is. He's a bit of a watered-down character now, um, as compared to like, how he first appeared. But it, he generally is going to work well i think for the for the cinematic universe and um as i said earlier everything that we've been watching has has been aiming towards this and he's going to be no walk in a park like literally this is going to be a different ball game when this character finally gets unveiled mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's that's basically the, the the way they've been building up um thanos in the mcu is is very much as um you know as you, as you said no walk in the park he's going to be the guy who is you know the antagonist to end all antagonists for um tony stark and, and the rest of the avengers uh so it's going to be fascinating to see kind of how they they try to approach this really um could you tell us a little bit as well because we we got um a, a, as part of the d23 we we got a reveal where um some characters were introduced to the mcu uh that they're referring to as the children of thanos 
Um, yeah. You know, for comic book readers, they might know them by a different name. They might know them as the Black Order. So, Rich, could you just um, give us a little bit of kind of comic book context as well on the, the Black Order? Like, who are they and, and why, you know, would the Avengers be afraid of, of the Black Order? Well, basically, the, the Black Order are... Oh, give me two seconds. The Black Order are basically like the, you know, Thanos' little A-team that he sends out to go and get his dirty work done. The thing is, as much as, as powerful as Thanos is, he's also, like, stupidly smart and, like, a master tactician. He's the type of person that isn't going to get his hands dirty unless he has to. And if you remember, uh, if you remember I think the last time we actually do see Thanos, that's, what, that's, that's exactly what he says. You see him putting on... <clears throat> And he actually just says, oh, okay, I, I guess I'm going to have to come and get them myself. So he's the type of person that, unless he really has to, he, he, won't, he, he, won't, he won't do it himself. Um, the Black Order were basically created a few years back um, by Jonathan Hickman. And that was for the run, uh, for the crossover called Infinity. And, well, basically, if you're a comic book fan and you're and as well, you see that there's been slightly soft reboots in the comic book in the comic book world to try and make things easier for people to jump from one to the other, especially if especially if they're new fans. Um, but basically, they consist of like five people. It's called Ebony Moore. There is Black Dwarf, uh, Super Giant, Corvus Glaive, and Proxima Midnight. Now, the thing is, the reason why they're all such amazing people and this is sh this just shows you how smart Thanos is they all give or take have an aspect of him so for example Thanos is probably the whole package he is like the super villain version of Batman on a cosmic level right so you've got somebody like Corvus Glaive who is who is his right hand man and is at like an amazing fighter and is super super smart and then you've got somebody like Black Dwarf who's going to be like the muscle and heavy and then you've got somebody like Ebony Moore, who deals more in like you know doing the sly tactics of how to do, of how to get around and things like that. So each of them will have like their own specific abilities. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of them in the comic book, just for the simple fact of that I know how powerful Thanos is, and it just felt like they just had to bring these characters in just to try and depower him a little bit. But then it's also going to make sense for when it comes to the movie because um, you're going to have like 60, 70 people, or well, let's say, well, sorry, about 30 Avengers going against Thanos. And give or take, as powerful as powerful as he is, the way how things have been powered up now and they've set certain rules in, they could essentially pull it off. But um, let's say, for example, like with the character of Black Dwarf, he's just going to be the muscle. So already you know that's going to be set up for at some point and Thor, you know, going against him and getting into some fisticuffs. So that's going to, you know, that's going to be one part of the story. You're going to have somebody like... Um, Somebody like Ebony Moore, who deals in like a certain type of cosmic black magic, uh, going against somebody, let's say like like Doctor Strange, basically stuff that you've seen in a comic book. So it's it's pretty much going to be set up that the Avengers are going to be split up in certain factions to duel. And I reckon what the what the turnout is going to be is that while these factions are dealing with some of these people, you're going to have Thanos just going off and doing his thing. Like I said, he's a master tactician. So, you know, he'll only get his hands dirty when he needs to. And basically, if everyone else has been, has been you know, kept busy, it's going to be easier for him to, you know, get what he wants, which is basically the Infinity Gauntlet, which will give him complete power over the entire universe. Um, so it's interesting. It's interesting to see how, um, I'm interested to see how they're going to be dealt with. Because like I said, in a comic book, they did kind of, they were introduced and they were 
houses, but they almost felt like just a stepping stone, you know, just to help progress the story because nothing has really since been done of them, you know, since since that Infinity Gauntlet or since the Infinity crossover. But you know, hopefully, um, better in the in the in the cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think um, with the uh, Black Order, I mean, as said, they've, they've changed the name of them here, listeners. So um, for those of you not familiar with the comic book, um, when, you know, we're talking about the Black Order, it is the children of Thanos, basically, as they're referred to in um, in the movie universe. Uh, it makes sense, I guess, to, to change that name because of the fact that they've kind of established that Gamora and Nebula were, were kind of his children. So, um, you know, when I see that name, I'm assuming that they're going to factor in plot-wise some way to, you know, say that these um, characters, the, the, the Black Order, were um, also his children. But I guess they were the ones who didn't flake out of his, you know, crazy, um, crazy trading regimes, which we got a kind of glimpse into in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 when... Uh, Gamora and Nebula were kind of talking about, um, you know, the kind of things they they had to do in their sibling rivalry. Um, so it, it it sounds to me like you know that's what they're they're trying to do is to tie them into the MCU in that way. Um, I would hope that they're not uh, cannon fodder in 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 that way um, because they are so cool on paper. I mean, like you know, I think Ebony Ma. I remember reading part of Infinity where Ebony Moore is um, sent to Earth to retrieve a, a, an Infinity Stone from Doctor Strange. And um, Ebony Moore is a, a character who uses kind of psychological warfare rather than physical tactics. So he, it, it's um, not quite mind control, but basically he convinces you to do things that you, you wouldn't otherwise do. And I remember um, in, in the issue I read, he convinced Doctor Strange to release a... Shuma Gamora from um, from hell basically to tear apart New York. Um, so I can totally imagine something like that happening in in uh, Avengers Infinity War. I mean, whether they'll introduce Shuma Gamora in in Infinity War, I doubt it. But um, certainly something like that I can see happening. Um, so that would be you know definitely be interesting to see. Um, and I think Black Dwarf, they've changed the name as well of, of him. I think they've called him Cull or Obsidian or something like that when I was looking it up online, um, which is, I think is, if I'm correct, is the actual alternative name for the Black Order. Um, but again, it, it kind of made sense for them to change the, the name because I think there's just one too many characters who are called Black in the MCU, to be honest. And it, it's mm. just getting confusing now, so it makes sense to kind of switch that around and, and freshen up the names a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you've, you've got Corvus Glaive, the, the general, so to speak, the field general, um, you know, you've got Proxima Midnight, the warrior, you've got um, Colobsidian, aka the Black Dwarf, who's the, you know, who's the powerhouse. Um, and then you've got Ebony Moore, who, who does the psychological warfare. Um, it is a bit of, a shame we're not getting the other one as well um i don't know why they they wrote her out but uh, i guess they have their reasons um but yeah you know i'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing them going up against the avengers on the screen and i think you're right rich i mean i said we'll get to the footage in just a sec but um it sounds like you know the the, the avengers because of the amount of characters they're going to be in this movie they're going to have to be paired off into to different kind of groups almost 
um, and they're going to have their own sort of mini battles with with each one of them. So that is going to be um, hella exciting to see. Um, Alvin, did you know much about like the Black Order before um, all of this information came out, and um, now you know about them? Is there anything that that excites you about them, really? No. <laughs> I just want to see the movie, man. In it, you know what I mean. I didn't know about it, and then obviously, like, well, once they were revealed, and I saw, um, obviously, comics, comics explained it, a video on it, watched that, obviously, got the got the inside knowledge and all that. Just had Rachel's diatribe about it as well, but um, but now because I don't know, I'm not excited for the minute, but I'm sure they'll be dope. I'm sure the whole movie will be dope. Like, nah, but you know, I'm still looking forward to seeing the movie. I just don't. Have any connection to these uh to the Black Order or the Children of Thanos as they're called now called. Yeah. Um so so yeah, just have to wait and see and then hopefully what I see will be fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, there ain't no doubt about that. Um as said there was footage of this show at D twenty three this year and um well, by all reports it tore the house down, um, what they showed. Uh I am guessing by now, folks, those of you listening, you may have read some of the descriptions for what we got. Some of the scenes sound incredible. Um Guys, you've you've seen the descriptions by now, right? I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. It, it just sounds like in insane, absolutely insane. I mean, Alvin, I know you're avoiding spoilers like the plague, but yeah. Um, did you read any of the description? I, I only read one bit, <clears throat> and uh, I think it was from Empire magazine, and it said something about Thanos like grabbing a planet or something and smashing it into into the ground, <laughs> like which sounded fucking insane because I can't imagine as to what the fuck that would look like uh but that was the only bit that i uh that i i decided to read um i decided not to read uh any other bits because yeah like i said i want to be as surprised as possible like when they actually finally release the uh release the trailer the teaser well hopefully listeners will be getting a trailer this weekend at san diego comic-con if we all will it to happen it will happen so Let's all put our collective <laughs> together and let's make them release a trailer for all of us so we can sit here and geek out about it together. Um, but yeah, like I said, the Marvel panel seemed to be amazing. I mean, there was stuff there also from uh, Black Panther. There was loads of uh, costumes there from Black Panther that they had on display, which uh, all looked like as amazing as they did in the trailer that we've seen. Um, so, you know, that's just kind of increased my excitement for it. Um, there was also uh, more costumes released for for Ragnarok as well, um, which I keep forgetting is actually around the corner. Um, it's only out in February, so um, we've not got long to go until until that one drops. On you mean November? Uh, sorry, November. Yeah, Black Panther's in February. Excuse me. So uh, thank you, Alvin. Yeah. So nice. Um, so yeah, we've we've not got long to wait for that at all. Um, but as said, what what they had to show was was um, really really impressive. So. Yeah, Marvel owning the house as always. But let's move on, man, because it weren't just about Marvel. Um, we also, Disney also showcased one of their massive franchises, uh, Star Wars, and in particular, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, now, as you guys know who've been listening to us, there's one big Star Wars fan in the house here. Well, we're all Star Wars fans, but this guy is a true Star Wars fan. So <laughs> I'm going to let Alvin take the stage and talk us through um, what we got from the last jedi because we got some behind the scenes footage didn't we and, and some other like images and things like that as well right yeah so um so yeah the mainly the footage was just fucking like i said it was all behind the scenes stuff but the, there's like so much in there that you know 
you you can't kind of i had to watch it numerous times because i, I was there's just too much going on and like it's all practical stuff which is really cool so it's all the animatronics the costumes uh all the like sets and all the props and all that kind of thing so yeah there's there's some really good stuff in there i mean it is something that you do actually need to see um but like i i kind of certain things like there's a scene with uh kelly marie trans character rose uh and uh john boyega's finn and they're in uh first order gear first order officers uniforms so uh -huh. it appears as though they infiltrate the first order at some point in the movie or maybe they could be double agents i have no idea we see some shots of Leia in there as well um we see ray hand luke the lightsaber um his well his lightsaber well anakin's lightsaber technically um we see there's just loads of stuff in there there's tons and tons and tons of stuff and it's just like you even see the new a wings they look a tiny bit different from the old ones they seem a bit more rounded um and like i said just thing after thing after thing uh we even see the pod that uh finn is in uh if you saw the last trailer you saw him in the pod uh where he's like unconscious uh we kind of see that pod on not actually him the shot of him waking up but we see them rehearsing that shot uh and we also see um i think finn what in what looks like a uh, resistance uh pilot's uniform as well um we see some new creatures there's a new creature called uh it's like a little kind of pigeon looking thing called a pog but it's got like big cute eyes and that and uh and yeah it was just fucking just amazing to see all that shit because it didn't rely on any kind of cgi or anything it was just here are things and it was, i have no clue as to what the bloody story is to this movie but um but i'm hoping it, it takes star wars in a brand new direction as well um and i just appreciate how much fucking practical stuff that they do in uh in these new movies because it's seeing that stuff get made is, is just fucking stunning mm. It does. I mean, it looks and it makes a big difference as well. Um, you know, one of the things that was kind of a bit frustrating about the uh, prequel movies was the the kind of over-reliance on, on CGI. And at the time, I suppose it kind of made sense in terms of what they wanted to do um, and the kind of story George Lucas wanted to tell. But, um, you know, it is great that, that they've gone back to, you know, relying heavily on, on practical effects for episode seven for... Rogue One and now for um, episode eight, you know, it's, it's really, it just adds to an extra kind of layer of authenticity and, and it adds to, it gives them some goodwill with fans as well. Cause uh, I, I think that, you know, the Disney weren't unaware that people were um, a little bit frustrated with the way that they were just kind of splashing the CGI here, there and everywhere in, in um, the prequels. So that makes sense to, to do that as well. Um, did we learn anything about the plot as, as such from the footage or from what they released, or are they still keeping that under wraps? No, I reckon they're still keeping that under wraps. I couldn't, I couldn't really piece things together. There's no, it was in no like particular order. Um, I, I couldn't really spot any spoilers. Uh, I think everything that we've seen so far is things that we knew that were going to happen, um, but like we see obviously a bit of race training as well in there also. But yeah, it's it's just really kind of built up on what we already know. Like I said, the only thing that I that I wasn't expecting is seeing Rose and Finn in those uh, for first order uniforms, because um, I I don't know what the hell's going on with that there. Before we know, that could end up being a deleted scene, because you know you never know how these things work out. But um, but yeah, apart from that, that that was like the biggest thing that I noticed uh, in the uh, in the in the behind the scenes footage. Mm -hmm. 
cool. Um, Rich, did was you able to check out any of uh, the Last Jedi stuff? And if so, did you have any thoughts on it? Um, no, I'm, I'm pretty much the same as Alvin. Uh, whereas, like, I just thought, I just thought it looks amazing, um, and I can't wait for it. As, as you guys know, I'm, I wasn't really a fan of Episode Seven. I was a really big fan of like of Rogue One. A big fan of Ryan Johnson, um, who's directing this one. So I'm, I'm just really hoping that he's, like you said, like he's, you know, he's, he's going to continue the trend of like trying to push the trying to push the franchise and the story like forward in it and it, in it, and in a better place as well. Um, but yeah, but the same thing. I couldn't really piece anything together, and I, I was just happy with just seeing images, like you know, like seeing Finn and like you said, you know, um, Luke giving Raid like the lightsaber. This is stuff that I dream about, man. <laughs> so, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, this one's going to be one to watch, people. Um, so this is out in December, right? Yeah, December the 14th or 15th, I believe. Oh, so it's not on my birthday this year. That's annoying. I'm, I'm getting used to Star Wars always releasing stuff on my birthday, on hmm. December the 19th. So. Um, yeah, that's 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 a little bit frustrating. But oh well, oh well, not too bad. I can start my birthday celebrations early, so that's not a thing. <laughs> but yeah, definitely go and check out some of that footage if you haven't seen it, listeners. It does look um, amazing, uh, especially the the behind the scenes footage. Um, it's really really eye opening if you're interested in kind of seeing how they put together uh, these Star Wars movies and, and the amount of work that goes into them as well. Because um, it's it's just mind blowing, you know how much physical kind of work is, is required to, to bring sort of these effects to life um, and the kind of practical arts that are required to, to make, you know, all of the things that we're used to seeing uh, come to life. So, yeah, definitely go and check that out, man. It's, it's a good look. All right. Um, well, aside from, obviously, the, uh, Disney's has said two big tent poles, um, they had a lot of their own things that they were showcasing as well. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'll move quickly through some of the other things that, that came up uh, over that weekend, because I'm a Disney fan guy deep down at heart, and I know you listeners are too. So um, let's take a look at some of the stuff we've got. So we got a, a new trailer released uh, for a movie called A Wrinkle in Time, which is an adaptation of a, an old sci-fi book. Um, it, the book, I think, came out in the 60s, late 60s, um, and it's written by Madeline L. Engel. Um, it's a book without giving away too much um, because I think the trailer actually did a good job of not giving away too much as well it's it's essentially it's about um, interdimensional travel um, and traveling to, to kind of alternative realities and, and things like that um, the main protagonist is a, a 13 year old girl um, who's a, a bit troublesome and you know is a bit kind of um, seen as antisocial but is, is actually quite brilliant um, and her father um, and mother are both scientists as well. Um, and basically her father goes missing because he finds um, the, the key to interdimensional travel um, and disappears into, you know, another realm. Uh, and while he's in that realm, he's kind of stalked by this, this dark um, force that you never really see what it is, but it's this malevolent force basically is stalking him. Um, and it's down to, to Meg to try and bring him home, basically, by following the research that uh, her father has left behind. So, um, as I said, we got the first trailer for this. Um, it's a movie directed by uh, Ava DuVernay, who uh, is directed uh, Selma. Um, she did the documentary 13th uh, for Netflix. Um, and she was one of the first people who was considered for uh, Black Panther before um, Ryan Coogler uh, was given the job. 
uh, it looks like she's she's gone about doing it the right way in terms of um, it's a very vibrant trailer. Um, some of the shots are, are, are really beautiful as well. Um, and it looks like she's really kind of captured the, the essence of the book for, for those of you who've read it. So um, that's one of my key things with anybody who does a, a book adaptation. Like if you can capture the essence of, of the words that as they are on the page and, and find a way to, to kind of translate that into the visual medium in the film, then for me, you've won half the battle. And from what I could see from the trailer, it definitely looks like that. Um, Oprah Winfrey is in it as well, playing a character. Um, boy, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not sure about Oprah Winfrey, I'll be honest. Um, with Oprah, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of her acting anyway, really. I think the last thing I saw her in that I thought she was good in was The Colour Purple. And look how long ago that was. So, yeah, that, that kind of tells you about Oprah. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but otherwise, I think the, the trailer looked really good, uh, to be honest. So if you guys are, are in, interested in finding out about um, some original kind of uh, sci-fi movies and uh, original kind of takes that, that aren't necessarily based on like a comic book franchise or something like that and, and fancy something different, then, then go check the trailer out. Um, it's definitely worth a look. Uh, I believe Disney have scheduled that for a release next year. I can't remember exactly when it is, uh, to be honest, off the top of my head. I think it might be March or April. 100% sure but um, yeah so far so good with that one so that that was looking good and again it was well received by the audience as well so yeah it, it looks like they're doing the right thing with that um, were either of you guys familiar with A Wrinkle in Time at all? No I had no idea what it was I saw the trailer um, to be honest I wasn't, I wasn't really that impressed maybe because it's it's more of a kids movie but mm-hmm. it, it had some interesting visuals in there but it's not for me man I don't, I don't think I need to see it yeah, it's very much a kid's movie, I must say. I mean, like the, the book is as well. I mean, the book is essentially is a children's book. So, um, and when you know it's coming from Disney, then you know it's going to be for, for Disney's audience. So um, you kind of knew what to expect from that, really. But um, yeah, yeah, I was I was quite impressed as, as somebody who's read the book. So I enjoyed it. Uh, Rich, did you see it at all? Um, yeah, I saw the, I actually saw the trailer today. Um, I do remember, the, you know, hearing it mentioned that they were going to make a film of it. I've never actually heard of the book. And so when I did see the trailer today, it just kind of crept on me. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to have to agree with Alvin. Like, um, I, I wasn't impressed by anything, to be honest. I mean, it wasn't, they didn't show me anything that I hadn't seen before. That's number one. And number two, like, I see Chris Pine's face now, and I just see Captain Kirk. And I <laughs> go, no, it's, it's lies. It's lies. Like, they would have captured him. He would have done that two-fisted punch, and then he would have just saved the day <laughs> while kissing a girl. So, ah. so it was kind of... So I was just like, okay. <laughs> um, it's got an interesting cast. Yeah, double X handle, and then you know the flying kick, but your legs bent. It's like yeah. a, it's like a set square. Yeah. So like, like, <laughs> there's there's no there's no finesse behind it. It's just pure American muscle that's taking them out. <laughs> like, but um, interesting cast. Obviously, you got you got Oprah there. Um, I, I agree with you in that respect that I've never really rated Oprah as an amazing actress. Um, yeah, I, I think she's just good on, on a TV show and whatever she does, like giving people cars and shit, you know, and, and there. Um, Mindy Kaling, I, I'm, I'm actually, I like her as an actress, so that, that she is actually one of the actors in the film that made me say, oh, okay, I might see this. And I'm sure there was somebody else as well, Reese Witherspoon as well, mm-hmm. kind of got me interested. Did. But the but the main characters or the main protagonists and Oprah didn't really do me do anything for me. 
um like i was i'm just interested in it just for the simple fact that it's it's a fantasy mm. like people like that it might be something that i might go see if not it'll be definitely something i see with my with my boy um because i know he's kind of getting into that stuff as well mm-hmm. yeah definitely i think luca will love it actually because it's as i said it's all about kind of like interdimensional travel and and, mm. and exploring kind of space and, and new areas so um yeah that'll definitely be up his street and and as i said i mean admittedly it's for kids so you know Mm. not going to be anything um, there's not going to be anything particularly dark or punishing about it um but yeah you know if you're a fan of it then then go check it out uh so yeah so we had a wrinkle in time we had the the trailer for that um which i thought was pretty good and then we got some information about uh incredibles 2 as well um this is a movie that people have been waiting for for a long 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 time or it feels like a long time for sure anyway um, the original director, Brad Bird, is back. Um, and people who were in attendance got to see some footage as well. Uh, unfortunately, none of us, like plebs who didn't get in, um, didn't get to see it. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be released anytime soon by Disney. Boo, Disney. But um, <laughs> from what we've, the, the descriptions are, it's, it was a really, really funny scene for, uh, featuring Baby Jack-Jack. Um, they weren't giving away too much details about the plot of The Incredibles 2. Again, they're, they're generally keeping that under wraps because I don't think that's due out until one into next year. Um, but it's, uh, Brad Bird was basically saying it's, you know, what happens if The Incredibles kind of confront um, the new world, basically, and the new world being, you know, a world of, of modern technology because um, with the original Incredibles, it's kind of... Um, you know, even though there's there's no specific setting, it, it kind of has that retro 1960s feel. Um, but he's saying, you know, th- this uh, world that they'll inhabit in the sequel is very much like our world. So, you know, you'll get internet, you'll get websites, you'll get um, mobile technology, satellites, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and, and, and the different ways that these things impact on different people's lives. So, you know, he will examine with The Incredibles too how that kind of... That, uh, happens to the Incredibles and, and the kind of effect, effect that it will have on them. Um, all the original cast are back as well, which is always great. Um, they all came out on stage apparently as well. Uh, and yeah, that looks to be one to, to keep an eye out on. So um, if you're an Incredibles fan listeners, then um, keep your eyes open for that one. Uh, that one looks good. Um, looking forward to that, guys? Yeah, I love the. Oh, yeah. I think it's a really good movie, The Incredibles. I don't watch it enough, uh, and I don't think I don't think people give it enough credit. It's like fucking, it's it's a better Fantastic Four than Fantastic Four. Mm. Yeah, yeah, great way to put it. <laughs> great way to put it. Yeah, Rich, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, Incredibles is one of like Wreck It Ralph and Incredibles is um my boys. The two of my boys' favorite films. So I so I watch Incred. I literally watch Incredibles at least once a week. Um, but it's one of those things, yeah, like, like, like literally, like, what do you want to watch? Incredibles? We, we, wa- we watched it like an hour ago. It, so, what do you want to watch? Incredibles? A- an hour ago. Okay, cool. Fuck it. Let's <laughs> put it rough one. Um, but, um, but Incredibles is actually my favorite, um, is my favorite Dis- um, Disney film, um, well, Pixar, D- Disney Pixar. And I think it's the last Disney Pixar film that I saw in a cinema. I was actually blessed to go and see in the cinema because I, I haven't seen any of the Toy Stories or anything like that. I've only seen Toy Story on like DVD or like Netflix or whatever. But um, Incredibles, I actually remember going to see with like a next girlfriend. And obviously, you know, like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a no-brainer. We're, we're, we're superhero and comic book fans. So I just saw the parallels of the Fantastic Four 
and especially the 60s Fantastic Four, which I think is probably easily one of the best eras um, of, of, um, of that comic book um, ever. Um, and I've just been, like I said, like, like a lot of people, I've been waiting for a sequel to, to come out for this for, for years. So um, I'm just really hoping that, um, that it, it does the original justice. I mean, Brad Bird really seems to be on the on the fucking up and up right now i mean he's he's hooked up with tom cruise so maybe some of that scientology magic is just making him just get better and better but he doesn't seem to be putting a foot wrong so far mm, yeah for sure for sure so yep incredibles too we've got to look forward to next year so that's going to be a big one um pixar also showcased uh some new footage from their latest movie which is called coco um which is coming out i believe in november um is, is coming out yes it is it's november coco's out um and it looks absolutely gorgeous like again unfortunately they're not showing the, the footage that they showed at d23 um you're noticing a theme with this podcast that i imagine listeners by now but um for again from descriptions it, it looks really really good and i mean when they released um their uh, initial trailer their sort of teaser trailer for coco earlier um it, it was a, a really unique look and that's one of the things that, that just blows me away about pixar is they managed to make every single film they make look unique um you know aside from the sequels obviously but if you're talking about say you know toy story in comparison to finding nemo in comparison to the incredibles in comparison to uh you know coco to cars to up they they all have like a completely different feel to them um and it's, it's, it's just amazing the way that they, they keep doing that visually. Um, this one looks like it's going to be a bit emotional as well. So um, I'm a bit of a softie, so I, I don't know how I'm going to cope with Coco. But I'm definitely going to go and see it. I might have to kidnap Luca and take him with me for it to see that one. Um, but yeah, Coco really looks good. So I'm really looking what, 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 what is What is Coco about? Uh, Coco basically is uh, about a, a kid. It's um, about the Cinco de Mayo festival. Um, and Shayla. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, oh, no, yeah, okay, carry on. And, and he's a musician um, who wants to learn the guitar, um, and he idolizes this this uh, dead musician who who was a guitarist mm. as well. This this Mexican musician, um, and then basically for a series of events, he gets pulled into the world of the dead um, to to learn kind of the guitar and and, and to learn how to play and stuff, um, and goes on loads of adventures presumably while he's there with his dog because um, there's always like a cute talking dog in there although this dog doesn't seem to talk um, from what I've seen from the trailers but I don't know <laughs> um, but yeah yeah that's basically the, the synopsis for Coco in a nutshell um, but yeah it said it's out in November so yeah again we won't have to wait long to, to see that one but yeah really looking forward to that so Pixar as usual were, were winning the house but um, you mentioned this earlier Richard uh, Wreck-It Ralph also had a presence as well um, mm -hmm. announcement on Wreck-It Ralph 2. Um, I believe the full title is called Change the World and it's Wreck-It Ralph um, basically embracing the internet era. So it's going to be him set in the, the era of, of the internet and the big news was that it was also going to feature characters from Marvel and Star Wars in um, Wreck-It Ralph 2. So mm. they're actually Disney are being quite smart. They're, they're blending their... Um, franchises in their franchises together much in the way they did with uh infinity with the you know the the game infinity mm. yeah they're doing a very similar thing with um wreck it ralph 2 so that looks like it's going to be awesome as well 
So can't wait for that one. Um, what else was it? Okay, so we, we had the uh, animated stuff. That was kind of the, the big stuff um, from sort of animated movies. Uh, we then had some announcements for live action movies as well. Um, so I'll quickly run through some of these. Um, there wasn't a lot, again, a lot of detail that was given out too much. Um, there was uh, a confirmation about Dumbo um, taking place, which is uh, going to star Colin Farrell. Um, and it sounds a bit weird, to be honest, from, from the plot synopsis, but basically um, they're going to kind of focus on human characters and Dumbo is going to be... Um, <laughs> almost like a secondary character. What? <laughs> that sounds stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's um, essentially what it's going to be is like Colin Farrell's character um, and there's a couple of other actors that were introduced as well. And I've, I've completely forgotten their names. Sorry, listeners. But um, effectively, it's like he's going to be like a, a circus owner and his circus is struggling. Um, and then someone introduces him to this elephant Dumbo that they believe can fly. Um, and basically it's, it's him getting Dumbo to, to fly in, in the circus for him. Um, how that's going to go down, I don't know, because as you heard listeners from Alvin's reaction, like those of us who remember, you know, the Dumbo cartoon, like that, that's obviously not the way that the story went. So, um, and plus another downside with it is it's directed by Tim Burton and I'm just really getting turned off by Tim Burton these days. Um, a lot of what he's doing is, is just not washing with me. So uh, I'm, I'm not that hyped about this, unfortunately. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. I'll wait for a trailer. But yeah, I'm not that excited. But um, yeah, Rich, what's your thoughts about <laughs> Dumbo not focusing on Dumbo? Listen, I haven't even seen, I actually think I've, I haven't seen Dumbo. Or if I have, I've only seen it once. And I was like, like I was a little kid. Just sounds bullshit. Like it, it doesn't make, it, like it generally doesn't make sense. So um yeah I'm 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 I won't go and see it. Fuck it. <laughs> like I'm a Colin Powell fan, but um but you know like you said about Tim Burton, Tim Burton I don't know he just seems to be kind of just like losing his way. The last film I saw him do was um Mrs. Perrigan's gifted oh, okay. youngsters fake X Men thing <laughs> like and and that and that, that had a that had that had a lot of potential and it just ended up being really boring. So um I I think maybe. Do, do 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 just just out of interest, um, do Disney have like um a contract with Tim Burton at all, or you know, is there any reason why they're using him? I just think they're like throwing him money. I I assume they do. Yeah, I would assume they yeah. do. To be honest, because he, because that this is what the the third Disney. Yeah, film the third film. Now? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I would assume he has some kind of contract with them, mm-hmm. um, and that's possibly why um he's he gets you know all of these these gigs, um. But yeah, as said, man, like when, when I realised it was Tim Burton directing it, that, that really did put me off. So uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see until Disney decide to release a trailer for that one. But I'm I'm not particularly excited for that one, listeners. Um, mm. I mean, you can go and check out some of the, the photos. Some of the photos from the set look good. You know, it does look very Dumbo-esque for those who are familiar with, with the cartoon. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that one. But anyway, we move on because um, there was other news as well. Um, you guys may have heard about uh, Aladdin and the fact that Aladdin was due to start filming, I believe, this month, but has actually been delayed until next month because they were having trouble with their casting. Chiefly, they were having difficulty trying to find um, somebody to play Aladdin. 
apparently they had an open casting call across the world. Um, they've been, you know, literally all over the globe. They've been to London, Ireland, um, France. They went to Bahrain. They went to Dubai. They went all over the, the, the place looking for an Aladdin. Um, eventually, they finally found one. They found an, an Egyptian-American actor. Uh, called Mena Masood, who's going to play um, Aladdin in, in the new Aladdin movie. Wow, that was one hell of an Egyptian name. <laughs> Very Egyptian. <laughs> now he, um, I believe this is his big break. Um, this is going to be his first uh, big movie. Um, from what I've been reading up, Disney were very keen to to not cast an, a known name as, as Aladdin. Uh, they wanted basically somebody who, you know, would would come without baggage, who would come, you know, brand new to the role, which makes sense, I guess, in, in the sense when you, especially when you look at their strategy with like what they've done with Star Wars and some of the casting around that. And uh, even when you look at, at what they've done with some of the MCU castings and, and things like that as well, um, you know, they, clearly they, what they want to do is have somebody that they can tie down to, you know, a four or five picture deal um, who's not just going to, you know, up and leave after one movie and, and go and do something else. Uh, so it makes sense. And it means that potentially we're getting a, a brand new face who, who may be a new star, depending on, on how well he does in the role. Um, so, yeah, you know, that, that was interesting news. This movie's being directed by Guy Ritchie. Um, his last movie, as you may know, King uh, Arthur didn't do too well. But I think he's made a safe bet with um, Aladdin. I mean, it, it's going to be pretty hard to mess that one up. Um, other casting news, uh, Princess Jasmine is going to be played by Nicholas Scott, um, who I had no idea was British. But... Naomi Scott. Uh, Naomi Scott, sorry. Um, and she was in Power Rangers, is that right? Yeah, she was, I yeah. I have seen that yet, yeah. Oh, wow, uh, okay. But yeah, she's going to be Princess Jasmine. Um, there was a bit of controversy around that because obviously Nicholas Scott, uh, Naomi Scott, excuse me, uh, is not Arab. Um, so there was a, a set of bit of controversy surrounding that in some areas. Um, I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt, but speaking to, you know, a few Arab people that I know, um, I did put the question to them, you know, what, what's the, the issue surrounding their casting? And somebody kind of explained, an, an, an Arab girl explained to me that, um, you know, the story of Aladdin is, is partly about uh, Princess Jasmine and the fact that Jasmine kind of is rebelling against, um, you know, what can be seen at times to be a very repressive uh, Arabic male culture in, where, in which, you know, young Arabic women, particularly at that time, were forced to, to marry whoever their dad said they were going to marry. And if, and if you guys remember the cartoon, that was kind of like what they were playing up in the cartoon as well. She was, you know, her dad mm. was trying to force her off into a marriage until, you know, Aladdin came along. Yeah, but Disney's Aladdin, though, isn't, isn't like Aladdin Aladdin. It's their own no, version. No, it's not the, the, the same as, yeah, you know, it's not the same as the, um, the, the original folktale. No, that's very true. Um, but she was saying that, you know, the uh, idea of um, an Arab woman sort of freeing herself from this kind of thing is, is very important to, to a lot of young Arab girls. And it's why a lot of them kind of identify with Princess, uh, Princess Jasmine. So, you know, it, she's wasn't she was saying she's not sure how it's going to go down with them if there is a girl who is not Arab, who is who's cast in this role. Um, how will, you know, those young girls connect with the character? Um, which I thought was, 
you know, an interesting question to ask. I, it, I don't really honestly have a, an opinion either way on it because I don't know enough about Arab culture either way to, to pass judgment. Um, but it will be interesting to see whether, you know, Disney kind of addresses that within uh, their storytelling and within the script that they go with in Aladdin or not. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see, I guess, is, is the answer to that. But otherwise, I think, you know, um, Naomi Scott seems like a solid choice to me. So um shouldn't really have any problems with her in terms of uh, portraying the, the character in that sense, I think. Um, and then, of course, the other big news from that is the confirmation, although this really was confirmed like months ago, but it's officially confirmed now that Will Smith is playing the genie, uh, which is big news because, um, you know, many, many, many Aladdin fans um, love what Robin Williams did with the genie in, in the Aladdin movie. And, um, you know, he's become synonymous with that character because of his performance. So Will Smith has really got big shoes to fill there. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, he can take it and, and provide his own twist and, and make it just as memorable. Um, but we shall see. Uh, what is Russ and Kid Russ? I think it's some chocolate. A crisp, man. I think it's some chocolate. A crisp sandwich. Chocolate. I need to get some chocolate. Whatever, man. Chris sandwich in it. Salt and vinegar or cheese and onion. Thai sweet chili. <laughs> Good. This is the level of professionalism we expect. Right? I know, yeah. He don't give a fuck, does he? I'm hungry, man. Okay, I've got to keep my sugar levels up. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So that was the big news from Aladdin. Um, any thoughts on the casting there, guys? Uh no, not really. Again, don't care about Naomi Scott. I mean, she's half Indian anyway, so like yeah. that that's like not too yeah, far away, isn't it? That's you know what I mean. Out. Yeah, I mean it is worth. Quitting. So it's like, like like they've just gone out and got any old white girl and said, yeah, she's yeah. Right. It's not like they got Nicole Kidman to do it or anything. Fucking yeah, yeah. and also uh, the Will Smith genie thing. I wouldn't say it's a tall order. I know what he's going to do, though. That's the thing, isn't it? You know what I mean? If you've seen any episode of yeah, Fresh Prince, you know, you know, like, you know how what Will Smith is like when he's like dead over the top and that. Mm. Um, hopefully, he doesn't. Hopefully, he does his own thing and doesn't try to copy Robin Williams because what Robin Williams did in that was like so snappy and quick. It was a hundred percent Robin. You mm. know what I mean? So don't try and do that. But he can do his over the top Will Smith thing, and I'll be fine with it. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's um, the key, really. As long as he kind of sticks to doing what he does well, um, and he has a decent enough script to work with, but has got the room to kind of ad lib in in the way that he likes to do as well, and I think he can do a good job. But um, yeah, I mean, there's no, it, it would be utterly pointless him trying to follow, you know, what Robin Williams did. As said, he, you know, Robin Williams owns that the genie of that era, so there's no point trying to to kind of go down the road of, of doing that. So hopefully, you know, Guy Ritchie and, and Will Smith and the scriptwriters will work out something different there for, for him to do. Um, Richard, in between your crisp bites, any any thoughts? It was, it was chocolate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm interested. I'm, I'm definitely interested. Like, like you said, um, I mean, the thing is, with the live action versions of, of the Disney films that they're, that they're doing, they, they do seem to be like um, their little own spin on them. So, so that's a good thing. So, I mean, essentially, Will Smith, he, I suppose he, he could do a good job. It's not as if he's a shit actor. So, I mean, we've got that. I, I, I think, as much as I'm like a, a Guy Ritchie fan, there must be somebody sweating 
just be sweating. <laughs> like I'm talking like waking up every hour and just going going to take a going to the toilet and going to take a big shit. Like because after the way how King Arthur flopped, mm. and obviously I think Aladdin was signed. I think like every like the contract was kind of like done up for him to direct before King, uh, before King Arthur was released. Yeah, it was. So so yeah, and you know and you know that basically you know. Uh, the audience, we can be we can be a bunch of like see you next Tuesday sometimes, you know. And uh, once somebody fucks up once, you know, the next thing you know, like you know, they're they're kind of tarnished. I mean, look at somebody like Joss Whedon after Age of Ultron. He's just you know he's he had to you know kind of like leave the limelight a little bit. Yeah. But um, I, I'd be interested to see it. Um, I'm interested to see what Will Smith can do. Um, they said they had troubles finding somebody to play Aladdin. Oh, okay. All right. Um, they finally found somebody. Hopefully. Um, they'll be able to inject some new blood, and maybe it'll be maybe it's easier and better, like you said, with things like Star Wars, and you know, where there isn't a face that's attached to something else, mm. so you can truly, you know, like truly, you know, believe the character that we see on screen. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I'll definitely see it. Aladdin is probably out of the hand-drawn animated Disney films. That that's my favorite. Cool. Well, that brings it. Thank you for, for adding that last line because that segues me nicely into my favorite hand drawn um, film, which has now become a live action uh, adaptation, which is The Lion King. Mm. Um, again, with the, the Lion King, there was footage shown that was only shown to people at D23. Um, nothing was popped up online, but everybody who saw it said it was absolutely fantastic. Um, basically, uh, it's John Favreau who's directed uh, The Lion King. He was the guy who um, you guys will remember his name from uh, Iron Man and Iron Man 2. And also he recently directed uh, The Jungle Book as well, the live action adaptation of The Jungle Book, which I thought was really, really good. Um, mm. Very, very well done. Um, so he's directing uh, this live action version of, of uh, the Lion King and as said um, they showed some footage and essentially the, the footage they showed was a, a live action recreation of the opening scene of The Lion King um, so I don't know if you two remember that that opening scene at all but it's lots of kind of like sweeping shots across uh, planes with you know with the animals raising their heads in, in synchronization and, and things like that um, and apparently yeah it was just jaw dropping like how well um, the whole thing had been filmed um, a he spoke quite a lot about the film and was talking about kind of the effects that they're using and, and basically again like the jungle book they're they're intending to use as much um photo real um animatronics uh, as possible so uh you know you should expect the the characters to look like real animals um and not necessarily like they do in the animated uh movie but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing uh, myself because um as you rightly said richard you know they've Put, they seem to be wanting to put their own spin on these live action adaptations and not necessarily just, you know, retreading what was done with uh, the animated movies. Um, there was a bit of fake news as well. Donald Trump, fake news, fake news uh, <laughs> that came out um, suggesting that uh, Hugh Jackman was cast as Scar. Um, so I don't know where that report came from, um, but apparently like almost as soon as D23 finished, people were spreading news that, that Hugh Jackman had been cast as Scar. Um, almost immediately his publicist came out and said um, it was categorically not true, um, was, was the quote from his publicist. Uh, so as things stand, no, Hugh Jackman is not playing Scar. Uh, they haven't confirmed who is playing Scar, which is a little bit worrying for me because to be honest, like if Jeremy Irons is alive and available, I don't see why you're not calling him. 
um, especially if you can get you know James L. Jones to play Mufasa, then there's no reason why you can't get Jeremy Irons back to play Scar. You know, simple as that. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll wait and see what casting news they come out with that later on. Um, but they obviously confirmed that you know Donald Glover is is playing Simba. Um, and Seth Rogen is playing Pumba, which is um, awesome. Oh, and John Oliver as well. The, the British comedian John Oliver is playing Zazu. Mm. Um, so we don't have any other news on, on any of the other big um, characters from that as yet. But I guess that will kind of come out as, as time goes uh, time goes by. Because that movie's not due out, and I think, until like next year, summer or sometime like that. So, yeah, I imagine you won't hear anything um, too big as yet. But uh, The Lion King, I'm really looking forward to. As, as I mentioned, that's my favorite um, hand-drawn Disney movie. Um, and I was a big fan of, of what John Favreau did with The Jungle Book as well. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, uh, you guys quickly, uh, any thoughts? Are you looking forward to The Lion King? Evan? Why me? You, you speak, you start, you open your mouth first, innit? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, I, w- I watched it a couple of weeks ago because my, my boy had never seen it. Oh, um, this, right. this, is, this is how you know, like, <laughs> it's how you know I'm a bad parent, but then conscience kicks in. So I was like, fuck it. It was just me and him in the house. His mum's gone to work. So I'm like, okay, let's watch The Lion King. I, I generally wanted to watch The Lion King because I hadn't seen it in ages, but I also wanted to see to the bit where what's the name gets killed. I just wanted to see. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just wanted to see. Like, that's fucked up, right? I know. I know. Don't judge me. When you people have kids, then you'll know, innit? Yeah? So, like, you get bored. Like, hey, let me see. <laughs> oh, my days. So you wanted to see your child cry. That's disgraceful. <laughs> uh, I think he's lost connection. Oh, is he lost connection? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, sorry, listeners. I mean, you must have been, <laughs> you know, with Richard, there's always a story. So there's probably something that was going to come along from there. <laughs> well, Alf, as he's gone, um, did you have any thoughts? Hello? Oh, oh he's back. back. Yeah, yeah sorry. sorry. On, by the way. I, I don't know what happened there. Sorry. Oh, my camera's on. Is this on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, hold on. Yeah, you, sorry, uh, what were you asking um, before we were really sorry, interrupted? Alvin, Alvin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just your thoughts, really, man. Uh, whether you're uh, looking forward to the Lion King or not. Yeah, I dig yeah, it. I'm not like... Richard. What's Is your speaker on? No, I've got my hand, I've got my hand free in. Oh, your connection's gone horrible. Yeah, you're going to need to disconnect and reconnect, Richard. Okay, cool. Okay, okay, okay. I'll see you guys in a second. Hold on. <laughs> this, is, this, is what live, this is what live is like, oh, man. This is what live is like. Is right? Yeah, anyway, show up now, let me speak. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be dope. I'm sure it'll look great. Uh, I've not even seen any of these live-action Disney stuff anyway. I don't know, I'm just like, maybe I'm dead inside or something, I don't know. But like, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure I want to see it, because if it's got Donald Glover or anywhere else in it, then it sounds pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. But sorry, Rich, did you want to finish your, your, your story with you and Luca and The Lion King? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, let's let's watch the Lion King. I haven't seen it in ages. Let me see how he reacts to like when like um when Mufasa gets killed, mm-hmm. and it's the weirdest thing because we watched it and he didn't grasp what was happening at first. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until like you know the bit where like um where Simba's like trying to get him to get up and everything, yeah. and then um and he, and he t- <laughs> and he like we were lying down on the bed because like I said I've got a busted foot, so he's lying down on the other end, and he kind of didn't sit up 100, percent but he kind of sat up and he was like. Is is the lion sleeping? 
And I was like, yeah, yeah, the, the lion's sleeping. And he actually went to me, is he dead? And I was like, oh, fuck. And I, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 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 he's, he's dead. And he's like, oh, okay. But he'll wake up in the morning. And I was like, yeah, just watch the cartoon. And that, that guilt just kicked in where I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. But um, I'm interested in, I'm interested in seeing the, the Lion King live action. Um, and like, I definitely agree with you about Jeremy Irons. Um, when I watched it again, I, I definitely appreciated it a lot more and was like, shit. Like, he, he's easily, you can see why he's easily probably one of the, the top 10 villains in, in cinema history. He's up there of like fucking Hans Gruber. He's up there of like Darth Vader. He's just, like I said, a see you next Tuesday, man. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, so um, yeah, The Lion King is, is definitely high up on my list as well. Um, so listeners, I suggest you look out for that one because um, that one I think is going to be really special. And um, yeah, that's it. I think that's going to wrap up our uh, D23 chat. Um, there was some other things that, that were released. There was um, a few details uh, about DuckTales, I think, and things like that, but nothing really um, major, so to speak. But uh, if you want to read up on that, um, I mean, there's loads of good websites out there that have, have covered D23 in detail. Um, so definitely pop along to one of those and, and have a look. All right. Uh, well, as we're coming to the end of the show, um, Let's get to the question of the week. Uh, the question of the week this week was a question that we uh, put out on social media. Um, we put one out every week uh, and as said we, we started doing it again last week. Um, this week, the question was, what movie can you only watch once? Uh, so in other words, um, is there a movie out there that you've seen once and was like, nah, I, I don't need to see that again? Um, got some very varied answers, some very varied answers. Uh, and I think a lot of people were, were kind of looking at it from the point of view of that it was a, a movie that, you know, they, they didn't like, um, which it didn't necessarily have to be. Um, I mean, my own choice, I'll, I'll tell you my own choice at the end, but it didn't necessarily have to be a movie that you didn't like. It just had to be something that you watched once and was like, no, I, I, you know, for whatever reason, I can't do that again. Um, so before I get into the listeners' responses, um, boys, uh, what was uh, one movie that you can think of that you've watched once from beginning to end and was like, yeah, I've seen it, but no, nah, I'm good? I'll go first again then, since Alvin is still quiet. It's, I don't know, it's like, <laughs> fucking hell. Um, I actually, actually chose two. So I chose one that would be like a bad film that I would never watch again. And then I chose one that even though I liked the film, there was actually no need for me to watch it again. Um, so the worst film I've ever seen, in fact, I've got a list. I've only got about three. So the, for the worst film I've ever seen, Space Truckers. <laughs> yeah, with Dennis Hopper and Stephen Dorff and some girl that I can't remember. And I remember buying that on videotape. And the video and videotape and the case was so fucking misleading. And I watched it and I was like, oh my God, like that's an hour and a half gone. Didn't Space Truckers come out around the time that Blade came out? Because I think that's why you bought it. Yeah. Right? If I remember yeah, yeah, right, yeah. It, it, it was um, around the time. <laughs> yeah, and, they tricked um, me, man. And you saw it in, um, I think it was HMV in Wimbledon or something like that, wasn't it? And you yeah, like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's this film like, with Steve Dorf with Space Truckers. So I was like, wow, oh, really? I've never heard of that. So I remember you getting it. And then I literally remember like later that night at some point, Richard sent me a voicemail because this was back in the days when you could send voicemails. And Richard was like, why did I do this? Like, why? Why have I done this? That film, yeah, listeners, it was, it was, that film is legendarily bad. 
it was it was so bad that i lent it to my friend neville right and then neville was like oh i forgot your videotape and i was like you can keep it like i didn't want it <laughs> like i did I, I never wanted to see it again um it's a bit basically it's about intergalactic um space truckers who are delivering um, a sp- um like square pigs see they're alone they're alone I square, pigs. Fuck it. square pigs <laughs> square pigs <laughs> what are you talking about square pigs square pigs square pigs <laughs> i'm fucking uh, lost man alvin um yeah. one movie that you have watched once and can't watch again or won't watch again i should say uh okay well this is mine isn't it's not that it's a bad movie it's just that after you've seen the reveal and gone oh okay there, there is no point to watch it again other than to see people react to that one moment uh and that was um what's it called again predestination okay oh yeah is that was that was stephen stephen not stephen nah, ethan hawk ethan hawk that's it yeah 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 Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, so um, for me, my choice was uh, a film called The Woodsman, uh, which is uh, like a movie that came out in 2004, stars Kevin Bacon. Um, and basically, the, the movie is about a convicted child molester uh, who gets released from prison and is trying to rebuild his life, um, but is unable to, to do so because he's constantly hounded by the police. Um, he is moved into an apartment which is not far from a kiddie's playground and then on top of that um, his family have disowned him basically and the film like is is just so good in terms of, of as a character study of, of somebody who is, is is stuck with that kind of um, affliction and is is stuck in that kind of um, world it's, it's so good because it actually makes you sympathize with, with somebody who you really should not be sympathizing with at all as far as society is concerned um, but the film is, is, is too difficult to watch I couldn't sit through that again like I've wa- I watched it once and I'm like it's a great movie but there's no there's no way in, in hell I'm, I'm, I'm gonna sit down and watch that again because there's a lot of uncomfortable scenes in that film as well and I'm just yeah, no, the, that for me was just, I couldn't do it, couldn't do it. So with that in mind, let's get to the uh, listeners. Thank you to all the listeners who got involved. Big yourselves up. Um, I'm going to give you a big up as a, as a shout out your answer now. So um, big up to Sarah. She said The Hobbit because it was boring. Um, yeah, I can't really disagree with that. Um, big up to Joan. She was the one who came up with this question, actually. Uh, and she said either Eden Lake or Boys Don't Cry. I think she was saying Eden Lake because there's a rape scene in Eden Lake, which is supposed to be really, really nasty to watch. Um, uh, big up to Gordon, our boy Gordon. He said The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, uh, big up to Jonathan. He said any M. Night Shyamalan film because the twist would be spoiled. Yeah, true. That's, that's, that's true. They do kind of, a lot of them kind of become redundant once you've seen them once. I think the only one I've been able to watch again and again has been Unbreakable. I think the rest mm. of them is just, you know, once you've had that big reveal, it's kind of like, yeah, what's the point? Big uh, up to Yellow Rage Attack. She said, um, <laughs> Fantastic Four. Which <laughs> one? <laughs> the um, Fan Four Stick. Oh, right. oh, God, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, big up to the Broken Elevator Pod. They said the Revenant, um, which yeah, I, can, I actually can kind of understand that because again, it's I don't know if you guys have seen it, but once you've seen it once, it's kind of pointless mm. through it again. Um, yeah, it's that kind of film there where the 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 impact of it will only kind of last that first time you see it. Once you've seen it again, it's yeah, you know, it, it actually could come across as very boring. So um, no, that makes sense. Uh, big up to the basement condition. They said, uh, "Be kind, rewind," which is um, a film that I really liked. But again, I, I have to agree with them. Really, um, once you've you've seen it once, it, it kind of there's no point. In it really, um, it is when that big kind of Sweden uh, kind of craze took over, where people mm. were kind of making their own versions of of Hollywood blockbusters. Um, so it was very much a film of, of that kind of moment and that kind of time. But if you try to put it on now in 2017, you probably watch it and be like, what? Like, what what's the point of all of it? So that makes sense. Uh, big up to Kung Fu Driving Podcast. He said, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Um, yeah, that's, that, that does have some uncomfortable scenes in it as well. Uh, big up to Talk It Out Podcast. They said Rogue One. <laughs> I said, Alvin, you be happy with that. What? <laughs> Oh my god. Um big up to Glenn and her podcast. They said the mask two or Flintstones two, either one. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well boy. <laughs> Say no more with those. Um big up to Gabriella, she said John Tucker must die, which was a fucking awful film. Oh hmm. my god. You guys remember John Tucker must die, right? Yeah, that's what they're trying. Tra- yeah, they're trying to make what's the name into an actor. Wasn't yeah, Ashanti yeah, in it as well? Yes, yes. Fucking hell, that film was bad. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, big up to Colleen. She said uh, the Grey with Liam Neeson. Um, yeah, I could kind of see that. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, Mikey B said Kickass Two. Yeah, that was rubbish. Yeah, that was a, that was oh, abysmal. Yeah. Especially considering how good the first one was. That was a real mm. sound. Um, David said Waterworld or Little Nicky. Um, Waterworld I could probably do. But Little Nicky. Waterworld's a decent film. It's a decent film. Yeah, yeah. I thought it, it's an ambitious failure, and I don't mind an ambitious failure. Like, mm. you know, at least they were trying to do something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Little Nicky, Jesus. Like, Adam Sandler, like he, he put out some good movies and then he's put out some absolute trash as well. Mm. And Little Nicky's one of them. It's, it's really bad. Uh, let's see, who else have we got? Um, Liz Diego. Uh, she said, I am legend uh, because of the dog scene. Um, mm. Yeah, that is, that, that's probably the one scene in the movie that I like, to be honest, is that dog scene because at least it's quite a touching scene. Um, and lastly, Sharpie, she said, Sleepers, um, which is horrible film <laughs> like it's a good film but it's it's mm. oh it's it's yeah sleepers is, is is nasty um do you know sleepers uh alvin yeah i do yeah it's with um fucking what brad pitt and all them in it and yeah, when they were young yeah, boys brad and all pitt, that and like and the mashup that guy jason patrick all of yeah. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah that's a that's a nasty film as well not not nasty in the sense that it's um you know that there's anything wrong with it just nasty in the sense that it's just difficult to, to watch with them. cool all right well thank you listeners for getting involved in that um i said if you want to be involved in next week's question of the week um well you know what you got to do you got to follow us on social media so make sure you do that um rich kid let the people know yeah. where they can follow us at man 
uh, on a website, www.wulongtalks.com. That's us. On Instagram, it's Wulong Talks. Uh, you can find me on Rich Reviews on Instagram and Rich Reviews on Twitter as well. And Alvin, um, any news from your YouTube channel? Any new videos people should be checking out? Uh, well, it just depends as to when, really. But if you want to check out the YouTube, that's youtube.com forward slash Big A The Man Geek. Uh, you can get me on Twitter and Instagram at Big A 85 GL. Wicked. And um, as for me, listeners, I'm usually on the Twitter. I've started tweeting again. And it's been great. People have been interacting with me and I've been interacting with them and I'm planning to do lots more of that. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at Wulong Talks. Um, I'll be happy to have a chat with you about any old shit, really. So Because, you know, there ain't a lot going on in my life right now. So please do talk to me if you want to. Um, and yeah, that's it. Oh, oh, oh no, sorry. Uh, Facebook. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook as well. We've got a Facebook page. Um, oh, yeah. Talks, uh, on Facebook. So if you prefer Facebook, you can hear us up on there as well. Um, we'll be glad to have a chat with you. All right, that's it. Well, guys, thanks a lot for joining me, man. Um, listeners, thanks a lot for listening. Again, apologies for my voice. I, I promise by next week uh, my voice will be cleared up and I'll be back to normal. Um, and, yeah, you won't have to hear me sort of Fleming all over the microphone. So on that note, with that lovely image, I'm going to say goodnight. Rich, say goodnight. Good night. And Alvin, say goodnight. Good night. Good night. And we'll see you next week, people. Peace.